and good Saturday morning and happy second day of fall. Are you feeling the difference yet? <laughs> Probably not. But there are some signs out there. Those shadows are getting a little longer, getting a little darker early. Uh, maybe the grass not growing quite so quickly, but uh, yeah, still kind of late summer, I guess. Hey, also happy National Hunting and Fishing Day. You're going to Get out and do some type of celebration. We've got some official celebrations going on across the state of Louisiana. We'll run down some of those locations. Those events get started uh, pretty much after we go off the air between 8 and 9 a.m. Also, Clean Out Your Freezer Weekend is underway, and I'll be on one of the collection sites tomorrow afternoon and inviting you to come by and donate some of your fish and game. The concept is Hunters for the Hungry, very charitable organization, uh, puts on this event once a year uh, get your freezer cleaned out make some room for all that new fall fishing game you're going to be stocking up on and at the same time put it to some good use and donate it to the needy well how was your velvet buck season in mississippi last weekend uh, did you bag one i haven't really heard of any or seen any photos maybe you can tell me about it how it went for you also teal season we're wrapping up uh, tomorrow how has it been? I've made a couple of hunts, and we'll talk more about uh, the one I made last week with Captain Ryan Lambert. And yesterday I made a hunt out in Gaydon with the only world champion duck and speckle belly goose caller ever. He won both titles, Hayden Richard. We'll tell you how that went. Also, your dove season uh, kind of wrapping up in some areas of the first split. I uh, hope you weren't one of the ten people that we'll be honoring today as our bad boy and girl of the outdoors for illegal dove baiting. That, that story's coming up a little bit later on. We're also going to talk to a man named Tom Stogner. Tom is the proprietor of Double D Meat Company in Bogalusa, and each year they stage a big buck contest. He's got a new twist to it this year, and he's going to join us later to tell us about how you can win an excellent rifle. We also have our live fishing reports from all over the coast. We've got a staff of field reporters ready and waiting to share their intel with you. Also, we welcome your reports, your comments, your questions to our in-studio text line. That number, if you haven't made note of it, please do. It's 504-260-1870. And I have a question for you. I'm going to be doing a flounder fishing episode for Bayou Wild TV this coming week. What bait can you recommend as your favorite flounder bait, or maybe a technique you can recommend to our our crew to help make our trip a little bit more successful. Text that to us at 504-260-1870. Your coastal marine forecast looks like this. If you're headed out, it's not bad at all. Of course, if you're over near the Florida Panhandle, uh, they're kind of battening down the hatches. That's where the anticipated landfall of the latest tropical depression or hurricane may arrive. But uh, further west, we're looking at northeast winds today offshore, 5 to 10, only one foot offshore, some ideal conditions for fishing offshore. Tomorrow it's going to be a little, almost the same, east winds about 5 knots, 2 foot sea. On the interior lakes and bays today, you're looking at anywhere from east to a southeast breeze, very light, only 5 knots, some smooth conditions. Wind changes a little westerly tomorrow, 5 knots. We've got a front approaching uh, this way next week. And that wind will be making a shift again. Smooth conditions on the interior waters. Your average tide's about 0.7 foot. And the Mississippi River, 3.3 
with a little bit of a rise coming, but that is one of the lowest rivers we've had in years, and that's reflected in the fishing, which you will hear more about coming up. All right, so the stage is set. Here we are on a September Saturday morning. It's National Hunting and Fishing Day. It's Clean Out Your Freezer Day, and you are tuned to the Saturday Morning Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And let's talk to Robbie Campo. He is at Campo's Marina in Shell Beach. And, Robbie, looking at the forecast, looking at the radar, I think anybody can go anywhere they want today as far as the conditions. Uh, what would you suggest looking at what happened this week down there in the parish? Well, I'll tell you, Don, uh, you know, um, you know, fall fishing is officially here. Uh, you know, look, I know it's 95 degrees outside, but that's not – that doesn't make a difference. It, it, you know, the fish transition when they transition, the what, no matter what the weather is. Um, you know, so right here at Shell Beach, I had 10 boats fishing in the bayou right across the ship channel here from the marina yesterday. Everybody caught fish in, in, in Shell Beach Bayou right here. Um, caught fish up at, at Martellus Castle. They caught fish up in the ship channel and down Molina's Lagoon. They caught fish and uh, caught speckled trout over in the back of uh, Saint, I mean, uh, Stump Lagoon over in Muscle Bay. So <clears throat> yesterday, was, the wind was out of the west a little bit, so uh, we had kind of dirty conditions up in Lake Eugene, but that wind has switched. I've got northeast wind this morning, east-northeast. So I think those can, you know, make the conditions right for Lake Eugene area. Um, there have been a lot of fish caught there this week. So I think, you know, like from Wednesday on, so... <clears throat> this all started Wednesday, tell you the truth. So um, I think if you're gonna go, if you're gonna go fishing, you don't have to go far, and and you know you could put a box of fish together right here locally. You know, and don't have to burn much gas. Robbie, y'all had a lot of white trout showing up. Plenty, plenty white trout um, over by the dam, and you know, in those deep holes in those bayous, uh, like Bayou Pete, and you know, right here, and especially in the front, right here by Shell Beach. Um, plenty, plenty white trout, uh, Don, but nice white trout. You know, I guess if you pick through them, you could, you could put some 13, 14-inch uh, white trout in the boat. But, um, you know, this week here over in Lake Elwha, uh, redfish showed back up pretty heavy duty over there. Um, they had been catching some redfish back up in the marsh, in the Bluffy Marsh here. Uh, everybody said, oh, the redfish are depleted. They depleted, but it's not really true. It was. I think they were just hanging out in the sound and waiting to waiting to come in, just like everything else. Because uh, over in Bay Elwha, you know, they had a lot of slot reds in the redfish that they were catching. Um, going, you know, from Point Elwha going down to towards Dead Man Bayou where the Star Lodge Camp is. Down, they they have those uh, that coastal restoration project going on with those barrier things on along the bank, and uh, the ones that they had put there previously a couple years ago. And redfish was stacked up along that shoreline. So, um, you know, if you if you got a redfish on your mind, you could go try that. Um, over at the Long Rocks, they had plenty of redfish, plenty of sheephead still on the Long Rocks. So if you if you want to get out today and make a mixed bag, or you want to just go target trout, <clears throat> you don't have to go far, Don. Uh, look, and something else we are hosting today. We are hosting uh, PBF Shellmet Refineries uh, Fishing Rodeo. And we have that here. So if anybody wants to fish that, you could get, you could come here and sign up. It's open to the public. You could fish it. It's thirty dollars a ticket, and um, it's going to be a good time. They're going to have everything you want, you know, uh, food and music and drinks and beer and whatever else. You just come past a good time down here today. <clears throat> 
Yeah, that's great. Those rodeos, uh, people don't realize what a bargain those are. You know, they get a lot of draw prizes. Sometimes you get a T-shirt and hats and uh, opportunity to compete for some prizes, too. So that's great that you got a good rodeo going on. And, hey, glad to hear the redfish are showing back up. Had a lot of people pretty much concerned, but I think they were more displaced than replaced, to tell you the truth. Well, you know, I, I talked to a pogey, pogey pilot that was uh, flying a plane. Um, there he flies pretty often. And uh, he told me, he said, I don't think you got a problem with your redfish stocks. He said, you, he said, that's all you see down there when you're flying up in the air is, you know, looking down. He said, Britain Sound is full. So uh, I'm, I'm, I got to I gotta believe what he's saying because, you know, he's a, he's got bird's eye view of it. I don't, you know, and, and most people that's riding a boat don't. So, I mean, <clears throat> unless you see him up on the top of the water tailing or whatever, uh, you know, a feeding frenzy going on, you're not going to see it. Uh, we had a guy go out on the outside of Bretton Island um, two days ago, went and caught some tarpon out there. Don, he said they were just eating up, man. They were tearing the water up. So that's an option. If you got a big enough boat, you want to go out there and go target tarpon on the outside, on the east side of Bretton Island, they stacked up out there too. So and they got some really good pictures of some really big ones they pulled in, boy. That's got to be fun. I've never done it, but I tell you, it's got to be a bucket list thing I'm going to do. So uh, I, I want to do oh, it. Yeah. <clears throat> You you got to do it, Robbie. There's nothing like catching a, a big tarpon. And don't, don't go short though. Go go heavy on your tackle. It's nothing to play with. They'll 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 ruin your day if you're out there with trout and redfish rigs. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. But uh, Robbie, anyway, thanks. So we, anyway, come on down. See us hooked the left at the bridge. We're here waiting on you. Come on down. You sound you sound like you're fired up. Good to talk to you, Robbie. Happy National Hunting and Fishing Day to you, my friend. All right, buddy. Talk to you later, Don. Bye bye. Robbie Campo at Shell Beach. Campo's Marina is the place. All right, we're looking for some recommendations on flounder techniques and flounder baits. What's your favorite? I'm getting a few in, 504-260-1870. That is our talk and text line. If you want to text us a message, tell us about your report. You got a comment, you got a question, or a suggestion on uh, how we can help make our Bayou Wild TV episode more successful fish and flounders this coming week. Tell us about it, 504-260-1870. We'll be back. We've got more fishing reports coming up. We'll check in with Captain Kirk Stancil. He's out west. Get a report there. Captain Mike Gallo, born on the bayou. Paddler's report with Brendan Bayard. And the plastic man, Captain Ryan Lambert. Oh, don't forget, Daryl Carpenter's in Grand Isle, too. His report coming up, too. All that right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque, Radio Network. All right, uh, happy National Hunting and Fishing Day, and also clean out your freezer weekend. We'll talk more about that, but uh, I'm getting some tips and uh, some advice on baits for flounders. Uh, probably one of the fish that most people do not particularly target, uh, more of a caught as a bycatch when you're fishing for trout or reds or something else, but we've got some intel. Uh, Chris Weaver, who is a fisherman extraordinaire, we're going to be joining him and trying to get some flounders and make a Bayou Wild TV episode coming up next week. So I'm looking for some advice from you. What would some baits or techniques for fishing flounders? And I got this one coming in from a Mississippi listener in Pascagoula. It says, I like either bull minnows or plastic worms, kind of like a bass bait, huh? And we got uh, Big Jeff and Little Jeff uh, reporting on 30 teal by Bayou Liberty Friday. Lots of bait in the bayou. That's from Big Mike on historic Bayou Liberty. Speaking of historic Bayou Liberty, uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, it's basically gone viral. We posted a photograph of a manatee in Bayou Liberty, a very friendly manatee. We want to thank one of our 
regular listeners and viewers. He accompanied us on a Cajun invasions to Alaska. Uh, Ray Ray from Bayou Lacombe. He was out fishing near Bayou Liberty, and he had a visit from a uh, a pretty large manatee, which uh, people don't realize that they've been coming here for years and years. This is the time of the year when you see them. They migrate uh, west from Florida, and they come here in the warm water and enjoy the grasses. So go to the Bayou Wild TV Facebook page if you want to see a picture up close and personal of a big manatee. And uh, thanks to Ray Ray for sending that to us. Uh, we got the backstrap stacker checking in from Clark County, Alabama. They're breaking up the fields this weekend, hopefully looking for some rain. Well, that storm may bring some your way if it moves a little further west than they're predicting. Anyway, well, they're getting ready to plant in the next few weeks. It's dry and dusty up there. Uh, let's see. Enjoy your show. Have been for years. Chartreuse Gulp for Flounder. I am armed with some of that. That is one of my favorites. Been having great success for years in October and November. New law this year has ruined my plans. Yeah, we're going to have a closure from October 15th through the end of November on Flounder in anticipation of a shortage. And as things happened, uh, all of a sudden there's been a lot of flounders showing up. I uh, saw a picture from uh, Brent Ballet yesterday down in Venice, and, boy, they had a field day on flounders. So <clears throat> who knows? Maybe they got the message. Uh, here's one that says, My favorite flounders is an old-school Coleman lantern and a burlap sack dragging behind me on the rope in the water and a gig in my hand and the moon in the sky. Uh, gigging flounders, that is an awful lot of fun. You go along the beaches on a calm night and, uh, spot them in the sand with your uh, your gig and gig them and put them on a stringer. Yeah, I've done that. Uh, here's one says, the new penny gulp <clears throat> during the winter works best in Grand Isle. During summer, I don't know if this is Lima. It says it came out on the Texas Limbo Slice Matrix on a cork works best for the flounder. And uh, JoJo's uh, reporting his best flounder rig is a big old cockahoe on a Carolina rig or an avocado deadly dudley. Uh, yeah, I have caught them on that avocado and the uh, Motorola Dudley, too. That Deadly Dudley is pretty good on flounders. Uh, we're hearing from, I hadn't heard from Delacroix Red. He's one of our regular listeners. Hadn't heard from him in a while. Uh, sorry to hear they just had a tire blowout in the truck, but they're back on the road to Delacro. Hopefully their luck on the water is better. You know, Delacroix Red, I've seen it where trips start off like that. Things that start off bad tend to stay bad, but other times... They tend to get real good. So let me know how it turns out for you on your trip. And here's a rhetorical question. At what point does a breeze become a wind? I think we're talking semantics there, although I guess if you had to put a number on it, uh, maybe 10 knots and lower might be a breeze, 10 knots and higher might be a wind. I don't know. What do you think? And let's see. Uh, Ed, Ed's over in Wilmer, Alabama. He's sitting on the back porch waiting on daylight, listening for wildlife to wake up. And listening to the show, hope you got you a nice hot cup of coffee there, Ed. Thanks for tuning us in. And we got someone heading down to the Point of Shen in the kayak. We'll be talking to our reporter, Brendan Bayard, and we'll check in with him, see if he's got any reports on uh, Point of Shen. By the way, if you do, if you've been fishing there, it's a real popular kayak spot, text us your report. We'll pass it along to our listeners who said it there. And we want to wish Justin <clears throat> in the Gentilly Wildlife Refuge a happy birthday today. Happy birthday to you, Justin. River rats checking in. Hopefully the storm uh, will stay, will fizzle out. Yeah, that would be the best thing that could happen. And if, uh, if that doesn't work out, maybe it'll just stay east of us. All right, our text number is 504-260-1870. Comments, questions, and this morning I'm looking for flounder bait suggestions. And here's another one. 
a big green beetle with a spinner with a piece of mullet. Flounder love mullet. You will not fish another way. That's from Big Mike and Charlie. That's uh, we got Mike in Mississippi. He says his favorite bait is Berkeley gulps. I got a nice selection of those, and I've got the uh, the shrimp. I've got the crabs. I've got the 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 the, fit, the, the swim bait type. It says the only bad thing is croakers like them. They nibble on the tail and tear it off. If you break it down, it's almost a dollar per bait. They don't make them like they used to. No, but it's a good bait. Here's another suggestion. A quarter-ounce jig head. We're going to be throwing three-eighths ounce. This spot where we're going, you need kind of a heavy jig. A quarter-ounce jig head with a short shank with a deadly dudley lime green or salt and pepper chartreuse tail. And uh, Lafitte LT, who's going to be going on our Cajun invasion for speckle belly goose hunting, too. His favorite technique for flounders is a sharp point on the end of a stick at night and a good light. Yeah, that way uh, you don't have to wait for them to bite. You go over and stick them. All right, if you've got a suggestion for us for flounder fishing, 504-260-1870. We're going to get some more suggestions on fishing. We've got lots of uh, fishing reports coming up. Also going to tell you more about Clean Out Your Freezer Day. Please help Hunters for the Hungry fulfill their mission to Share the wealth with your fishing game and make room in your freezer. We'll be back with more right after this on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. All right, more suggestions on flounder baits. Boy, I'm going to have a lot of information to take with me when we go out there. This one says, my best luck is with a white curly tail gulp if you can keep the redfish off. Uh, here's one from a listener in Poplarville, Mississippi, where it's 62 degrees and calm. They're headed to Lafitte to fish and work on the camp. And, David, I, I did send your message to our friend Ed Wilmer. He should be getting it any moment now. And we got David from Sums, Alabama. Three-eighths jig head for your favorite medium light or heavy spinning reel. A bass rod with a mirror lure. Six-inch soft eel. Black and gold is the color they, they call it. It has a chartreuse tail, but any eel soft plastic that's clearish, with black and silver specks, then just dip the tail in chartreuse dye and uh, bounce off the bottom. Reel in the slack, change up the speed, and cast. I'm a clock pattern, and if nothing, move down a ways and try again till you find them. Yeah, good technique and some bait advice from David. Thanks, David. We appreciate that. All right, we got more suggestions coming up. Uh, let's see, Don, the best bait ever was a gulp avocado curly tail. Haven't seen them lately. Target reds with a minnow under the cork. Have a beer and don't pay attention, and you'll hook up on a flounder. It's from the Lafayette Yakko. If that's your technique and it works, go for it. All right, we got more to talk about with uh, reports and uh, also some comments and suggestions for what the best bait is for a flounder. We'll get to those. Also going to run down some of those hunting and fishing, National Hunting and Fishing Day locations. <clears throat> if you want to attend a, an official celebration, got some of those for you. We'll be back to do that, but first... We pause 10 seconds for our local stations to identify on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque radio network. All right, here's one. Uh, another Alabama listener says, 8-pound monofilament. I like the gloss brand line tied straight to the 15-pound 1-foot leader tied straight to the line with no swivel. Uh, that's, uh, well, the leader's okay. That's kind of like that 8-pound for... You know, you get some of those big flounders, and uh, I'll tell you one thing else about a flounder is that, to me, is one of the hardest fish to put in the net. 
and I think they kind of lull you into a false sense of security. Sometimes you fight them, you get them up to the top. When they come up to the top, they just kind of lay there floating on the top like, well, I'm done. And as soon as they see that net coming to the water, they shake that hook because they got that little small bony mouth and uh, hard to get a good hook set on a flounder. Um, but, you know, my suggestion is have the net in the water before you get the flounder close to the top so that you can kind of swim him over the top of it because if you make a sudden surge with the net going at him he's going to see that in one shake and uh, he'll break your heart all right uh, here's some of the locations for the national hunting and fishing day celebrations if you want to make one today Uh, most of these are in north louisiana monroe's got one starting at 9 a.m that's at the u.s fish and wildlife service black bayou lake national wildlife refuge Woodworth Shooting Range in Woodworth, Louisiana, that gets started at 8 a.m. Bodcaw also starts at 8 a.m. at the Bodcaw WMA Shooting Range. And one of the bigger ones in Baton Rouge, Wadil. I've been to that one several times. Very nice. Uh, Begins at 8 a.m., ends at 1 o'clock. If you want to bring the kids over there, they have uh, shooting ranges, fishing ponds, boating activities, uh, educational programs about wildlife live animal demonstrations. I don't know if they still do, but they used to have a little wild game uh, tasting stations there, too. So anyway, if you want to celebrate officially with National Hunting and Fishing Day, do that. But if you're going out on your own, uh, you know, you can make your own way. All right, also, the Clean Out Your Freezer Day. Uh, This has been growing every year. It's this weekend where they suggest it. That's the Hunters for the Hungry organization suggest that you clean out your freezer. And they have locations in New Orleans, Central Louisiana, North Louisiana, Acadiana, Lake Charles, Baton Rouge. I'm going to be manning one in Slidell, Southside Cafe, Pontchartrain Drive. They've got a new outdoor dining area there, and that's where we're going to be set up tomorrow between 1 and 4. They ask that you bring your frozen game and or fish it's got to be dated and uh, a little sticker saying what it is to identify it. And drop it off at one of these locations. Then the trucks pick it up and they bring it to the food banks all across the state. It's very much appreciated, especially during these tough times with inflation and grocery prices so very high. Uh, more and more people are in need. And uh, I believe there's probably at least, I'd say, 30 or 40 different locations across the state where you can make these drop-offs. And it's all done today and tomorrow. And hopefully uh, <clears throat> you'll find one near you. And clean out that freezer. Make room because I know you got a lot of hunting and fishing to do this fall. And hopefully you'll uh, be successful and replace what you take out and make a donation. All right, we got the Bayou Wild TV is now in season number nine. Uh, this week's feature will begin airing on Thursday. If you want to check out where you can find the show, uh, go to our website. It's BayouWildTV.com, and we've got a, a diagram there of all the different systems. Uh, too many to mention, regular channels, broadcast channels. We've got uh, streaming services. We've got uh, systems, uh, cable systems. Uh, check it out. It's uh, called Birds in Brotherhood. We have made several Cajun invasion trips to South Dakota to Bad River Bucks and Birds, and we've taken a lot of Cajuns up there, some of them for their first pheasant hunts. And what a beautiful country that is, and it's so much different. You know, it's on the northern end of the, the country, and we're down here in south, and it's uh, quite a difference. But then you'll also notice a lot of similarities. When you get hunters and fishermen that gather together, it doesn't matter what part of the country they're from, 
They all kind of speak the same language. All right, we come back after this. We're going to head out west. We're going to talk to Captain Kirk Stancil, get a teal season report from him. I had a nice teal hunt yesterday, had one with Ryan Lambert. Did you get out? How was your teal season? We'll get that report and also some fishing advice if you're headed out that way. We're back with Kirk right after this time out on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And that's the signal to check in with Captain Kirk, Captain Kirk Stancil, Hackberry Rod and Gun, and uh, let's bring him in here now. Captain Kirk, are you guys taking advantage of these last couple of days of the teal season? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, you know, we've had a decent teal season. I'm not going to say it was gr- it's been great, but it's been good. But yesterday, the duck showed up in the marsh. I mean, it, they, they was, everybody went out, got their limit, and there were a lot of opportunities for missing. Well, that's some really good news. I, I hunted teal yesterday morning, and where I was hunting in Gaydon, what's happened is, the, you know, the, the front brought a bunch of birds that last front we had, and they've, they've kind of, they call them, they get stale when they stay in an area, and they kind of get wise to what's going on, and they oh, became yeah, like nocturnal. When we went into that field before daylight, there were thousands that got up out of there, and they did not come back. We we shot about eight, uh, just some stragglers, some young juvenile birds that came back. But that group went back later in the evening, and at 5.30, as they were coming in for their nocturnal feeding sessions, uh, they whacked them, yeah. and they limited out in just a few minutes. So you kind of got to play the game and, and find out where they are. But I'm glad it worked out for you in the morning, so uh, that might yeah, be it, some, it, a sign it, of it some was. good things. It was it was really good. There were was, was flights of birds. Just, you constantly saw ducks everywhere you looked all morning, yesterday morning. I mean, uh, the blind I was in, we were the last one to limit out. I think we did so at about 8.15, and uh, it was it was good. It was a lot of birds. That's uh, excellent. Oh, how did the casting go after the blasting? How was the fishing been? It, the fish is decent. Uh, the trout, you know, it's typical this time of year, kind of in their transition, waiting for the, the uh, fall run, you know. But uh, I think we had boats had in the thirties were the most trout we had and the down lower end in the teens, a uh, lot of redfish, mainly big, big bulls. And they're schooled up big time in the surf. Uh, and then catching them along the ship channel with jetties and all up different spots, uh, slot reds. They're still scattered, but, uh, I think I had two boats came in with their limits of redfish. Well, you guys ought to be getting into some flounder territory too, right about now. Uh, not yet. I mean, there's still just stragglers we're catching, but, uh, you know, the flounder run usually starts middle end of October. Of course, we're not going to be able to keep them this year. Right. Yeah. we got the little shutdown coming. Um, Kirk, did, I'm sure you, you're aware of what happened off of Holly beach with the, the net full of uh, pogies that was abandoned. Yeah. Did you get any more information on that about what was in it with a, with a number of redfish or other game species that were caught as bycatch inventory to, any more information about what happened and why they abandoned that net? Uh, the reason they abandoned the net was supposedly because it, it, there was too many fish in it and they couldn't safely put it in the, uh, the mother boat. So they cut it loose. And it, it, it was left floating. As far as I know, it's still floating around out there. Uh, mm, yeah. And, I know, you know, as far as the different species that were in there, as many redfish that were in the surf 
feeding on all these pogies, I know there were a lot of redfish in it. And in that period of time when those pogie boats were over here, there were dead redfish floating all over, up washing up on the beach. It was uh, it, 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 it was to me it was criminal what was happening. You know, another thing that was strange was that the floats were taken off the net. That net has got floats on it, but, you know, I guess if you – two reasons. You might want to save the money on the floats by bringing no, them back on the boat, which I, I think they wanted that net to sink. Exactly, but they, it had so many fish in it, you know, and they were dead. And they, were just, they held the net up. It was uh, – I'm sure you saw the photos. In fact, one of my captains oh, yeah. – one of my captains was one that took the photos. Well, good for him. Good for him. Yeah, something needs to come out of that. Uh, you know, wildlife and fisheries just kind of blowing it off and saying, ah, oh, there's so many fish out there. This is insignificant. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how they can say that. I don't either. I mean, uh, you know, big money talks sometimes. Yes, it does. And uh, I don't think there's any bigger money than what's in that pogey industry, but at, at the expense of many other people well kirk i'm so glad you guys uh, wrapped up a good teal season hope y'all ended good today and tomorrow and uh keep getting some fall fishing coming in you guys have had a low river finally hadn't had that in quite a while and i think it's paying off for you yeah it is paying off it's really going to pay off come uh, when we get this front come through and it pushes that bait stuff out of the marsh i really think this uh the calcutee is going to light up well i'm looking forward to trying to get down there and see you this fall and we'll try to do that soon all right. Well, I hope so. Give us your contact information, website, telephone number. If somebody wants to look at that uh, camera you got mounted on the dock there and see what comes in on a daily basis, how do they do that? Okay. Uh, the website, Packberry Rod and Gun, you spell out and, dot com. And then the, we have a toll-free number. It's 888-762-3391. All right, my friend. Steer the ship and into the great outdoors, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right. Well, thank you, Don. Great talking to you. You have a great show. You too. Thank you, as always. We appreciate it. Captain Kirk Stansel, yes, Hackberry Rod and Gun. And uh, what a staff of professional guides and uh, servers and uh, kitchen staff. He's got a great crew over there, and uh, I strongly suggest you do some business with him if you're so inclined. We'll be right back after this. We're going to talk to another one of our field reporters, Grand Isles, Captain Daryl Carpenter, realscreamers.com. He's next on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. And we have Daryl Carpenter of realscreamers.com on the line. He gives us a report each week on what's happening in and around the Grand Isle area. Daryl, what's happening this week? <laughs> Don, it's kind of like the Energizer Bunny, man. Uh, you know, we talk every year about these bull reds and when they try to start coming in. But good Lord, we've got a bunch of bull reds this year. Um, that's been kind of the savior of the week. It's been a little bit windy, a little bit choppy all week. So, you know, you're able to get a, a few fish in here, a few trout in there, that type of stuff. But then your fallback is if you need to, you go hit the bull reds. And it's like when, you know, like in the tide change, when you when you hit it just right, it's like the bait hits the bottom and you don't even put it in the rod holder because you're going to be setting the hook kind of thing. Um, but other than that, the trout, the trout are hard in transition right now. And as is obvious by what we did yesterday. I mean, wait, we're 15 miles deep in that marsh, and we're catching 20 and 22-inch trout, but it's not like they're schooled up. You're you're hitting, you know, one of their highways, so to speak, where they're headed north for the winter, and every now and then one of them comes through, and you catch it. Um, it's it's not a 
50, 75 trout day. It hasn't been anyway all week, but we're still putting together some really good boxes of fish. And and if you're if you're ready for it, the white trout are mixed in real heavy. You can just literally fill the box of white trout. But if you're looking for those twenty to twenty two inch trout, don't go with a half a tank of gas. You're gonna have to search and find them, right? Not being schooled up. You're gonna have to either search and find them, Don, or you're gonna have to just you're gonna have to have faith and confidence in your spot and sit and wait on it because it was like yesterday. I mean, we had what four or five of them yesterday, and it was in the middle of the white trout, in the middle of the school size trout, in the middle of the catfish. All of a sudden, here would come a twenty twenty two inch trout. So there were obviously they're just passing through, uh, headed to wherever they're headed to, uh, and um, you just got to put in the time and hope the good Lord smiles on you that day. Darrell, we've been uh, asking for some advice, uh, favorite baits on flounder. If you were to go out and try to target flounder, which isn't really a, a high-risk proposition, you know, they're, they're kind of scattered, a little bit difficult to find, and usually they're caught as bycatch on a trip, and they're welcome too. Uh, what would you do if you were strictly going out to target flounders? What bait, how would you rig up, and what would your tactics be? Okay, I haven't done it in a while, so you might have to help me out here. The Berkeley Power Bait, uh, what is it? The something, something mullet, they call it. Um, that was by far, that was by far my favorite flounder bait. And we would just fish it on a jig head. Uh, would do your, you know, adjust your jig head to wherever you're fishing current-wise. We had some flats right here by the house where we used to just slaughter the flounder, uh, just out slow reeling it on the bottom. If you had someone that couldn't do that, we'd put it under a cork. And we'd put longer leaders on the cart. You know, the, the the fish were obviously on the bottom, so our leaders were obviously hitting the bottom. But then you had to teach them. When that cart acted funny and moved about eight inches sideways and then just sat down, go ahead and set the hook. It's kind of like fishing the pontchartrain. You said, you know, the guide strikes it on the pontchartrain bridges. If you think you had a bite, set the hook. Because that flounder's not always going to pull it under. He's going to move it sideways and lay back down on the bottom, and there he is. Um but there, and we had some spots up in the marsh where we had some deep holes where we used to fish those ledges. And uh, same thing, that, that mullet that um, that power bait had, it just seemed to be the absolute best bait that we ever found. Yep, uh, I'm armed with all kind of different versions of the power bait. But, you know, one thing you mentioned, uh, when, especially if you're fishing with a cork and you see it move a little bit and stop, and a lot of times that fish is on there. I was told a long time ago, hook sets are free. They cost you nothing. So put them to good use and do them often and early. <laughs> hey, if it, was, if it was a false alarm, it's a good practice run. There you go. Daryl, any other advice for people headed down to Grand Isle area this week? Nah, man, that's it, Don. It looks like we're going to have a couple of days of very calm weather, and it's going to be very, very hot. But, uh, but other than that, I mean, this weekend ought to be great weather-wise. I think it's supposed to chop up some on us, you know, depending on what that storm does come Monday or Tuesday. Um, so enjoy it while you got it. Uh, if you're going out front, which we, we caught fish out front earlier this week, if you're going out there, bring plenty of tackle because the jacks and the sharks are thick, thick. Yep. Well, good advice. And, uh, Dow, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, give them the information on how to contact you. Well, they can find me on your website at dontheoutdoorsguy.com. We're here every Saturday for sure. Um, realscreamers.com or pick up the phone 225-937-6288 
Well, with school back in and football games, I guess uh, the island's starting to go through its change where you see less traffic. Huh? Has it slacked up a little bit down there as far as boat traffic? Oh, God, yeah. Uh, I think all day yesterday, I think we saw uh, on the water all day yesterday, we saw two other boats all day. So, I mean, it's, it's not just yeah. there. Yeah, it's not just there. It's it's on the roads and all, too. It's a, it's a prime time to sight in your deer rifles. All right, very good. All right, Darrell, thanks for the report as always. Good luck out there, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Don. Bye-bye. All right, that's Captain Darrell Carpenter. All right, we come back. We're going to continue to ask for some uh, flounder advice. used to be a bait. came out of Texas. It was called the Flounder Pounder, and I used that, and I don't know. I think I've used them all up. I, I can't find them anymore, and I don't know. Has anybody seen those anymore? Anyway, what's your favorite flounder bait? Going to talk a little bit more about that manatee. Had some people asking about that big, big uh, mammalian creature that comes along uh, the Louisiana coast this time of the year. Also, I'm going to answer a comment from a texter about a hunt for the hungry to clean out your freezer day, and uh, I'm sure you want to hear that. Also, our bad boys of the outdoors, it was uh, nine guys and a girl baiting doves got busted on opening weekend by Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries Enforcement. We'll tell you about that. And also answer your questions and comments, 504-260-1870. That is our text line. We still got an hour to go. Hope you'll stick around with us right here on the Outdoors with Don Dubuque Radio Network. 